The following program deals with a controversial subject. The theories expressed are not the only possible interpretation. Viewers are invited to make a judgment based on all available information. This is your captain speaking. We are beginning our descent into madness. And we are back to another edition of List of the Rockies. I'm Frank. Thank you guys for sticking around. I know it's late for some of you. And um, by looking at the weather report, I can tell it, it must be very, very cold for some of you. So my deepest sympathies. We've got some rain on this side of the country. Some harrowing some. <laughs> storm. Yeah, horrible thunder. Thunderous rain here in Southern California. Actually, it was just a light drizzle, but, you know, it brings everything to a standstill. Literally. <laughs> Literally. And that's considering with the Oscars going on. Oh, yeah, with the Oscars, which, uh, I mean, hey, you know, good luck to all the nominees, I suppose. It's probably like near, uh, I think it's already... It's probably over. Quite I'm kind of yeah. bummed my Miss Avril Levine performing with Maroon 5. That's just, I don't, I can't even get I'm my I'm surprised we're even that. still here. That That's like some end of the world <laughs> stuff. Anyways, enough of this tomfoolery. I want to give a shout out to everybody in the chat room who's tuning in tonight. We got another jam-packed show uh, for everyone. I know a lot of people tuned in last week. I know a lot of people enjoyed last week's show. I know I've gotten quite a few questions about where is the show and why has it not been posted. The reason being, because today it's kind of like part two, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? It'd be cool if I just, you know, we, we put both of these together at the same time so that there is no, you know. Um, gap in between, especially because our guest tonight, as people may already have figured out, is none other than Mr. Greg Ford. Greg, can you hear me all right? Yes, I can. Greg, Greg thank you so much for being with us uh, again tonight. I really appreciate it, especially because last week we uh, we kind of left off, uh, you know, with some unfinished business. But, you know, before we get to that, why don't we talk about something that happened early Monday morning? I remember getting up and, uh, and receiving a text from you, uh, on, on, on Monday morning. And it was a very interesting text. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what we, uh, talked about the night before that relates to what happened on Monday? It's been my pleasure. Uh, it's been my pleasure ever since I sent that text. Uh, okay. Now, um, by, by the way, you said it's raining in Southern California. It's um, you know a light drizzle, but, but a drizzle honestly, qualifies. It's more than I've ever experienced here in <laughs> a year or two. <laughs> oh, now, now, let me understand this: if it rains in Southern California and it doesn't rain in Northern California, are you going to send water north? <laughs> I think I think is they that, need it. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I know that we're and, we're and having a drought. Apparently, California needs 11 trillion gallons of water just to recover from its current drought. <laughs> wow! So I think they're going to be hogging it for a while. Mm. Oh well, okay. That it sounds like we need some desalinization. Okay, we need to start tapping the ocean for mm -hmm. a little fresh water for California. Yep, it's not like California oh. is miles away from water. <laughs> It's like nobody has thought of that, no. apparently. No, I don't think so. So, so anyway, no. Uh, as, as, as last week, as I've mentioned to your listeners, mm -hmm. and thanks for not announcing the show because every time, every time 
when I'm on every other show, mm-hmm. as soon as my name is announced by, you know, say a couple of days, uh, you know, where I'm supposed to, supposed to, you know, uh, come on the show. Yeah. Uh, strange issues start happening, like with NSA, mm-hmm. uh, it starts interfering, chopping the show, you know, strange technical phenomenon starts to happen. So, you know, but anyway, here's what happened. Okay, Frank. Mm-hmm. Uh, on what was it Monday last week? Yeah, Monday morning. I, uh, for the last ten years, been telling anybody who would listen, sending reports in, putting it into court cases, uh, writing up reports from everywhere. All right, mm-hmm. and usually I get you know this grim, dour response. No, no such thing. There were no no weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Yeah. All right. That's what, you know, and of course, as I told I gave them, you know, a, a step-by-step account of my discovery of weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, mm-hmm. and it turns out that they were American-made weapons of mass destruction, U.S. weapons of mass destruction, manufactured in, in Fort Worth, Alabama, Stored in Pine Bluffs, Arkansas, mm-hmm. shipped by the U.S. Navy, um, says Wabash, to Iraq, uh, and they they were used. And this is where I'd like your listeners to remember a little bit. All right, it, it'd be a lot easier on me. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they could remember facts. Weapons of mass destruction were dropped on the Kurds. Okay, of north, right. northern Iraq. Okay, they were dropped on the during the Alaska campaign. Everybody should remember that. You can look that up. Anyone can look that up. Uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands of Kurds were killed. Weapons of mass destruction. All right? Right. And it turns out those were U.S. manufactured weapons of destruction. And the uh, Iranians, okay, their the soldiers that were in the Arab waterway had U.S. manufactured manufactured weapons of mass destruction dropped on their heads and killed hundreds of thousands of Iranian soldiers. Right. And and so, as I said, told your listeners, I, I uh, was able to recruit the commander of the bomber, better bomber wing, when I was in Iraq, Right. and that had dropped those weapons. And he took me right to those weapons, mm-hmm. okay, where they were stored. Correct. So, you know, everybody knows the story, uh, and and I don't, I really, frankly understand what's so hard to understand about this story. Okay, and why why the U.S. stepped up to the plate and said, "Yes, those were our weapons. We are responsible." And the Carlisle Company, the Carlisle Group, okay, was responsible for manufacturing and ordering those weapons, sending those weapons to almost. So, anyway, woke up Monday morning with a real shock, okay? Uh, the Central Intelligence Agency, CIA, right. not the Culinary Institute of America. That's not the <laughs> Cocaine Importation Agency of America. Darn. All right? This is, this is the Central Intelligence Agency mm-hmm. of America. All right? Right, right. Okay. Made the announcement, and I was stunned. Okay, my my jaw is still on the ground. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, they made the announcement that yes, they have been buying back mm-hmm. for several years now. Right, I, I think to buy 
weapons of mass destruction are were in Iraq and Syria. I'm sorry, because we're we're actually having uh, some. It seems like we're having an issue with the telephone line. Can you repeat that sentence one more time? Yes, the Central Intelligence Agency made the announcement, public announcement, mm -hmm. that they have been buying back, purchase, repurchasing, with American taxpayer dollars, of course. Of course. Uh, weapons of mass destruction in Iraq and Syria. Wow. Now, for the people that maybe missed last week's show, you talked about being taken to some kind of a storage space where they had these, um, uh, you know, uh, I guess they were refurbished uh, P four hundred or what was the uh, the the model of the uh, uh, bomb casing? Was yes. it a P four hundred? Yes, that's correct. P four hundred one thousand pound uh, converted bomb casings. And these contain. Okay, Sorry, I was, I was, um, I, and I just want to see if I remember correctly. Were these bombs, uh, uh, it, you know, was there, you know, the, 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 their, their main ingredient, I guess, and excuse my layman's terms, were these the bombs that contained the, 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 the VXGF uh, gas? That's correct. Yeah, VX slash GF, the deadliest substance short of nucle nuclear radiation on the planet. And last week I, I, I mentioned, you know, as a, almost, you know, as a bit of a silly pop culture reference, the, the, the movie The Rock where they talk about the VX gas and how deadly it is. Um, and it's funny because, you know, I read the news, obviously, after I, I received your text on Monday morning. There is no actual mention of VX gas, but they do mention... Uh, uh, the Borac rockets, which, I mean, I looked at a picture of them. They, they differ slightly, but obviously it, it corroborates the fact that they were using um, older casings to house this nerve gas. Because it's funny that none of the news stories identify the nerve gas. N none of the news stories that I've read, at least, they just refer to it as a nerve gas. Um, and I don't know if it's because they're scared that, you know, People will see what kind of weapons the U.S. sold and are buy or were buying back because this is essentially just a buyback program, and it reminds me a lot of what they have been or they were doing. I don't know if it's still currently going on, uh, but uh, Fast and Furious, which was the uh, gun running operation, um, you know, to to sell drugs to uh, um, uh, these uh, uh, you know cartel people they would come across to the US buy these weapons take them back to Mexico and they were hoping to uh, trace the weapons to, I mean it's totally ridiculous I I guess my question right now before I go any further is why does the CIA operate in such an inefficient way they sell weapons to the enemy and then they try to clean up the mess by buying it back. Like, how does that work? What is, um, to, in, if you could enlighten me a little bit, what is the CIA logic when dealing with these kind of international criminals? Okay. First of all, uh, the, these when they said neurotoxins, 
all right, neurotoxin, chemical neurotoxins on that news release. They said that they were making, the Central Intelligence Agency said it was making the announcement because these weapons probably had exposed U.S. troops to to these neurotoxins. And, and if I... And if I am saying correctly, uh-huh. all right, already several of our troops, several probably have been exhibiting neurotoxin signs. Right. Okay. Uh, you know, like all four syndrome sort of uh, symptomologies. So uh, the the point being is that is that those weapons were never supposed to have been there, but you know, and and the situation is such is. My bad, people. There was a little technical glitch. <laughs> Let me see if I can get uh, Greg back on the line. Okay. Sorry, I'm like juggling like a few a few things at the moment. Okay, and I think we got Greg Ford back on the line. Greg, can you hear me okay? Yes, yes, Frank, I can. After my little faux pas there, <laughs> it was of sorts. I apologize, Greg. I, 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 It was the worst time to hit a button. Um, we were talking about just, uh, the CIA and this whole, you know, buyback program thing that seems that is like their MO for cleaning up messes that they create. And, uh, and I know you were in the middle of a sentence and I apologize for, uh, <laughs> for, uh, cutting you off there. Um, if, if you don't mind, um, uh, and, and continue, uh, roughly where we left off, I know it was kind of sudden and I apologize. Okay, um, let me see. What I was saying was was something like this: is that I'm always amazed at when when the CIA makes a, a statement like this, or one of these folks like Bush, Cheney, or Bill comes out and makes an announcement. Mm-hmm. You know why there's not a, a major explosion? Okay, why mm-hmm. there is not a nuclear detonation among the the, the population of America? Right. Yeah, you know, these people. These people, quite simply, you know, fabricated a war, mm-hmm. took us to war. Okay, right. It took us to war, and 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 now everything points to 9/11 being exactly what I just said—a fabrication. Mm-hmm. And they took us to war, you know, to 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 clean up their business right. mess. Right. All right. You know, that is exactly why we went to Iraq was to clean up the Bush family mess. All right, it's just that simple. All right, there. You know, I I've been reviewing uh, the Valerie Plame uh, a book. Okay, that you know, fair game, mm-hmm. and she she was the CIA operative in charge of running down weapons of mass destruction, mm-hmm. and everything goes right up to that level. Okay, where it, it says yes, they were looking for it, but it doesn't say whose weapons of mass destruction they were in Iraq. They were. U.S. weapons of mass destruction. Those weapons were were manufactured Fort Rucker, Alabama, stored in Pine Bluffs, Arkansas, and then they were armed. They they were armed and then shipped via the U.S. Navy to Iraq. Unbelievable! It doesn't get any simpler. It doesn't get any simpler than that. Unbelievable! All right? And and the the irony is is that. Like say my my main source, okay, what the in the intelligence business, what they call an asset, mm-hmm. all right, mm-hmm. stated, okay, here's here's what you people did, here's what you sold to us, here's how we picked it up, mm-hmm. here's how it was transported, all right, 
And here's and the irony is, and this this just came out, and this is another issue that that I don't know if your listeners are aware of. Last week, last week, one of our diplomats was picked up, was uh, was arrested in Germany. In Germany, okay. Check mm-hmm. this out, please. Check this out, okay. okay. Uh, your listeners, don't ever don't ever take what I say as gospel. Please confirm everything. He was this diplomat was picked up carrying several million dollars. Okay, he was headed to Iraq. Okay, with several million dollars, and here's the caveat. All right, it was counterfeit money. He oh, was taking wow. U.S. money. It was U.S. money taking to Iraq, and the word is now in the in the inner circle. He was headed to pay ISIS. Wow. Probably, probably for those nuclear detonators. Remember, I I told your listeners. Yes. Nuclear detonators. Okay. Yes. uh, And the nuclear detonators were going to detonate dirty bomb material that CIA agent Valerie Plame was Mm -hmm. attempting to locate at the beginning of the war, okay, in Iraq by the nuclear facilities in Iraq. Mm -hmm. Nuclear facilities can produce dirty bomb material. You just have to have a select certain type of detonator that can detonate it, all right? And then you have mm-hmm. a dirty bomb, okay? Just that simple, okay? I wow. mean, there, there, there's no great mastermind behind all this. It's called the Bush family, the mm-hmm. Carlisle group, making gazillions of dollars, all right? Unbelievable. Now, one of the things, okay, and, and something I didn't, you know, now I can talk about it, all right? Mm-hmm. Is Abu Abu Sager A B U okay then S E G E R Abu Sager all right he was Hussein's banker he was my asset all right wow. I recruited him in Samara the city of Samara same hometown city of who else Abu Bakar Al Baghdadi head of ISIS right all right gee imagine that you know. I, I really had quite a hit parade of personalities, okay, when I was in Iraq. That's incredible. And, and Abu Sager, when you go to that site, you'll see several things, by the way. You'll see Abu Sager, mm-hmm. and then the, the most novel thing for your listeners to see are my reports on Abu Sager, my reports on Abu Sager's murder. He was beaten to death by Central Intelligence Agency. Wow. He was murdered, okay? Our, one of our greatest assets, okay, in terms of under, understanding the financing mm-hmm. of terrorism, okay, and al-Qaeda, and Hussein, with weapons of mass destruction, was beaten to death, okay, by our own people. And then you will find my my abduction records. When, wow. when I file charges, you will find my documentation and my abduction records. When I was strapped to a stretcher, tortured, and flown out of the country for reporting the the, uh, the uh, uh, torture issues going on in Samara and also Abu Ghraib, okay, of which, by the way, Abu Bakar al-Baghdadi, the head of ISIS, is a graduate of now. It's just coming out. Oh, he wow. was a graduate. When I was strapped to a stretcher, my asset, Abu Bakar al-Baghdadi, was was grabbed, thrown into Camp Buka, okay, B-U-C-C-A, for your listeners, okay, mm-hmm. B-U-C-C-A, mm-hmm. 
and he was tortured. Okay. Wow. And now he's back with ISIS. Okay, he is back with a vengeance. And he has his hands on nuclear weapons, nuclear detonators, things that can cause great enormous problems. Okay, apocalyptic problems. Of course, of course. And so what do we do? Right. So what do we do? We send a diplomat with hundreds of millions of dollars of fake money. Okay, fake counterfeit U.S. money. Mm Mm-hmm. To, to ISIS to try to, to try to purchase these weapons back. Okay, wow. is my guess. That happened. Okay, that's all happening within the last ten days, fifteen days. That okay, is just so, insane. So. It's bizarre. It's bizarre to think that we are literally just you know hanging on by the skin of our teeth. You know, like we're literally like inches away from like some a major catastrophe, and. This is what is being done to prevent it. It's buying back our own chemical weapons with counterfeit money. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's almost like a really bad movie plot. Um, oh, oh, it's terrifying. It's it really is. Terrifying. Like, I'm sitting here, like, quite, like, as I kind of let the reality of it sink in, you realize that it's very scary. Uh, Genevieve, you were... Well, I was wondering what the likelihood is that something like this was planned from the beginning. I mean, honestly, I, I have no idea, but it, it just seems so strange for anyone, whether on a national, international, even a personal scale, to ever sell something to someone and then desperately want it back. Like, in most situations, there's normally, you know, a lot of ulterior motives because to want to buy something back, you'd have to go really far to get to that stage unless it was planned in the first place. I don't know. That's just a thought. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, well, uh, uh, go ahead, Greg, because you probably have a way well, better. I, I was going to say, and I, and I agree, I agree that the normal person that pays his taxes in America, the mm-hmm. U.S. citizen that pays his taxes, you know, I have yet to meet one that says, gosh, no, that's that's okay that, that these people took American money my tax dollars that I work very hard to pay, mm-hmm. okay, and and heaven help me if I don't pay my taxes, you know what'll happen to me, right? And they and, and and they use they use my tax money to enrich themselves by by selling weapons of mass destruction to the, some of the world's greatest dictators, and then when things go sideways, what do they do? They start a war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they right. start a war to cover, you know. Mm-hmm. I, it, they just do a, a, a greater a greater event just to cover up what they have done, okay? And that is exactly why we are going back into Iraq now. We're going back in. Yeah, Unbelievable. I, I assume everybody knows that, okay? You know, mm-hmm. forget, all, forget all the evasions and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a pretty good memory, all right? Mm-hmm. And I remember why I was ordered from my nice, warm, comfortable lifestyle in California— yeah. And and by the way, I was almost halfway through med school at the time. All right. Oh wow. I did not want to go particularly to Iraq, and but I was ordered to go to Iraq to find these we- these weapons that were not supposed to be American-made weapons. Unbelievable. You know, you know I'm, am I the only one who you know who who sees something ironic and something terrible in this situation? You know, that our own leaders been up there. It's it's horrible. It's it really is. Um, I I have a question here in the chat room from Tony Merlo. Shout out to Tony. 
I hope uh, he's staying warm out there in Detroit. Um, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think it, the weather oh, should be bad out there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we hope that uh, the, the weather will be kinder in the next few days. His question is, uh, please ask uh, Greg if he thinks ISIS is actually a real threat to the U.S. or just a CIA-funded prop piece to fuel the war machine. I think that ISIS is, you know, and I've had people call me and vehemently and violently swear that it's actually a false flag Israeli operation. Mm. Now, I, I right. wouldn't be surprised, but I'm one of the few Americans that knows Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, all right? Uh -huh. We're talking face-to-face, -face, you know, recruitment, face-to-face -face, uh, uh, issues. I literally, uh, Greg, I literally get chills because I imagine myself in your shoes and how I would react if I met this person and, you know, however much time later this I see that face on, you know, TV or in the news as the head of some kind of, you know, terrorist organization. I mean, I just, uh, believe me, I, my mind wonders, like, how you deal with a lot of this stuff. And I know we talked about how you deal with stuff on last week's interview, but I just wanted to interject real quick to say that I just, you know, it's just unbelievable, unbelievable the, the situations you find yourself in. So, anyway, sorry to cut you off. Go on. Well, well no problem, though. I, I, You know, like I say, I'm I'm still, after all this has happened, mm -hmm. I'm still having my jaw hit the floor as a result of these revelations that are coming out. Mm -hmm. And when 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 I heard that Abu Bakr al Baghdadi was in charge of ISIS, I was stunned. I was right. stunned for days. I was stunned. You know that 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 twerp, that vicious little twerp. Mm -hmm. you know? And and I thought, you know, I, and I remembered back to our first conversation that I had. Concerning Jessica Lynch, mm, you're you know, right. the, the soldier, you know, the, all right, okay. And, and I told your listeners exactly what I told him, that any, if anything was done to her, it was going to be done to him. Right. So that's that's the tone for our relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't you don't recruit people to do dangerous things from a position of weakness. You, you do it you know, from a position of strength. Right. And I and I realized that uh, 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 Al Baghdadi. Mm -hmm. Was the he? I had been informed by my other excellent source that he was the uh, commanding officer of Mukhabarat. Now I, I'll say that name many more times. Please, all your listeners, understand who Mukhabarat is. Okay, it's the intelligence network that Hussein set up with with uh, Soviet Union assistance, with mm -hmm. Russian assistance. The, the finest intelligence networks in the world, the intelligence people in the world, are and were the Russians. The KGB and the GRU intelligence systems were, were by far the best. Mm -hmm. And and then and then the next best at the time was, the, of course, the Israeli Mossad. So and and where are all those to be found? They're they're found right in the in the in the in the Levant, in the Crescent, in the Middle East. Right, so, right. So. So anyway, getting back to Tony's question, uh, okay, I don't want to be long-winded with this, but but okay, here's what I see is when I was there in Samara, okay, mm -hmm. I mean, working around the clock in Samara with my sources, I saw some pretty horrendous things happen to the Sunnis, mm. okay, to the Sunni, and they and it turns out I 
and I, I was fairly naive at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's hard to get your, hard to get your, when you're in a war zone, and you're an intelligence operative. Hard, it's hard to get your mind around things that are global. Okay, you're trying to stay alive from day to day. Of course, we were being attacked five times a day in our station. Okay, mm-hmm. five times a day average. So, but the thing was, is that there were Shia death squads being set up. Okay, mm-hmm. organized which I did not realize, organized in Samara. Okay, that had been the ancient uh, 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 Mesopotamian capital mm-hmm. and the ancient capital of Iraq. It wasn't Baghdad. It was Samara, the golden city in the Bible, the golden city of Samara. Right, right. And, but these, the Shia death squads had been set up, and they were doing some of the most hideous things. I can't, I can't even describe it without suffering PTSD, to be quite honest, you know. To, to your listeners, and I would like to be able to, but it's so mm-hmm. hideous what I saw wow. done, and I had to treat. Remember, I, I was the doctor on site. Right. I had to treat what I saw, okay, and what I had to deal with. And and Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi was there in Samara, and he was subjected to American abuse and torture, all right? A- after, I, after I was abducted, okay, out of, out of theater, he right. was subjected to torture. So... You know, what I see is a direct result of our raging, rampaging stupidity okay, foreign, in, in foreign policy, and ISIS is a direct result. Most of those people now that are in ISIS mm-hmm. are, of course, young men, uh, and they are wound up about what, ha- what has been done uh, okay, to, uh, to the Sunnis, okay, specifically the Sunnis. Mm-hmm. And they are—they have no qualms about doing monstrous things, because they were subjected to monstrous things. It doesn't justify them doing it now. What I'm saying is that's what I see, and that's what I saw. Is they had monstrous things like, for instance, I'll never forget, and this will be in my book, by the way, mm-hmm. the human worm, the human worm. Okay. Okay. And 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 I got a call. I was in tomorrow. In the police mm-hmm. station, mm-hmm. and they, and I got a call, and this will give you an example of what we're dealing with here. And they said, "Doc, bring your bags. Come down. The you're not going to believe this." And so I, and it was, and of course they had the mercury vapor lights on. Right. And I walked down to the front gate, and there was a man standing there, and right. very clearly in shock. Okay, in Iraqi. And it took me a, it took me a, a second or two to understand because he was standing there, glassy eyed, staring at me, and I didn't understand what was wrong. His arms had been chainsawed off his body. Oh my God! All right, and he had walked to to you know the police station, us, to try to get some help. Okay, he was a victim of what was called the Library of Blood. All right, sounds like a bad horror movie, but he oh was a victim God. of the Library of Blood. And that turned out to be that that was going on down the street. Mm-hmm. It was a Shia Shia death squad, okay, that was operating, and they were grabbing Sunnis and doing these horrific things to them. And and I didn't understand at the time that somebody named General Petraeus, okay. all right, Petraeus. Remember him? Does that ring a bell to anybody? Of course, of course. Former head of the what? The CIA, right? Okay, the CIA had arranged for these death squads, these Shia death squads, mm-hmm. which, by the way, this leads into 
this leads into what we we were going to talk about earlier, Frank, mm-hmm. about the Central American connection to Correct. this issue. So, you know, but the but the uh, Petraeus had organized at the behest of Dick Cheney. Mm-hmm. Who else? Who else could be responsible for this monstrosity? But Dick Cheney. All Unbelievable. Right? Dick Cheney had or had ordered these death squads to be formed. So, to be quite honest, I don't see uh, see the uh, ISIS being ever defeated. They have they have all the knowledge and the intelligence from the Mukhabarat computer database mm-hmm. at their disposal. They have they have been toughened by their exposure to us, mm-hmm. and now uh, and, and plus they have almost virtually unlimited funds. Wow, funding. All right, they have they have no restraint whatsoever on on any of their funds. Oh my. And as I I brief. I briefed a group of Air Force uh, uh, intelligence people at Vance Air Force Base, oh, what, in October? And I got the usual, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, right. We're not afraid of ISIS. Oh, yeah, yeah, this. Oh, yeah, yeah, that. I said, mm-hmm. understand this. These people can buy any type of weapon system in the world they want to include nuclear and chemical. All right? Understand that. They can they can pay cash for any weapons they want. Buying surface to air missiles to, to bring down airplanes, jet fighters, is nothing. That's small potatoes for these people. All right? They will be getting their hands on pilots. All right. What has happened in the last two weeks? We've had that, that poor that you know, that, that poor, incredible, incredibly brave Jordanian pilot, mm-hmm. you know, burned to death. Yeah. On prime time, on prime time, he was burned to death oh, in a boy. cage. Yeah. All right. But the thing was, okay, and, and then the week before, how many Syrian pilots had had their heads sawn off on the Internet? Right. Okay. Yeah, there was a mass yeah. beheading, I think, right? Right. A mass beheading of Syrian pilots. Mm-hmm. Well, as I said to our pilots, you know, I said, understand this, okay? These people... You can buy any system they want, and they will use it on you. They won't hesitate. Right. And so, guess what? Now, now they're now they're burning pilots in cages. All right. As a result, and the, and of course, every the world is saying, well, how can they do that? Right. And what kind of monstrosity is this? Those those people in ISIS have been brutalized by the American mm. system. Wow. Right? They, wow. They have lost their empathy. For their victims. Wow. That is what you're seeing. Um, and they that's... understand the manipulation of the media. All right. They understand it completely. That is a very, very explosive um, uh, truth. Uh, what you just said. I, I am, uh, believe me, that, that just totally, uh, uh, I'm, I'm pretty taken aback because it, it is, it, 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 I mean, it, by what we've seen, it seems to be true. Um, uh, real quick. Does that I, answer Tony's question? Okay. <laughs> I think. Does that answer his uh, I, He just well, posted. Tony said yeah. that um, this is essentially just mind-blowing. And yeah. Just, you know, that the fact that people like this exist. To quote Tony, he says, this is a totally mind-blowing. It is totally mind-blowing that people in this world exist at this level. And it's true. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, let me ask you something, because this is something that, that, that I was uh, talking uh, to Ron of uh, Paranoia Magazine, Ron Patton, 
uh, shout out to Ron. He's a great guy and, and, and he helped us, uh, uh, set this interview up. Um, one of the things that <clears throat> we were talking about before we take a really quick break here and, and just a few, um, is uh, I was telling him, we were talking about ISIS and some of the videos and, um, uh, you know, you, we've seen a, a couple of videos of, of, of beheadings, you know, that they did a few months ago in which, you know, some people believe that it was, it wasn't a real beheading. It, it was, and you know, and I hate to admit it, but I've wondered, I've wondered into that part of the internet where you see really horrible things done by cartels, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I've seen some of those gruesome videos and they're messy and it's bloody and it's gory and it's just a really, really, and you know, it really makes you feel horrible inside that you're watching these things. And, um, we're talking about some of these ISIS videos where they, behead people with a knife and then they fade to black and the next shot is of just the the body minus the head um and in the case of for example the jordanian uh pilot that was burned alive it's a very you know and i hate to use the words well produced but you know you have these this very slow motion of you know of like the camera kind of panning with the flame as it lights up the trail of gasoline leading to the cage where this uh, poor man was standing in uh, and we were just talking about how strange these videos look some people claim that they're fake um that they're just part of the uh, propaganda to um you know get people behind another invasion of the middle east by the u.s and allied forces what is your take on these videos are are these videos real or are they propaganda tools well all, all one needs to do is look at the the media right now Okay, what 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 is the main subject that everybody's talking about? It's ISIS and its atrocities. Right. Okay, they they have accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. All right. Mm -hmm. Everybody's listening to them. Everybody's terrified of them. Right. Okay. They have done exactly what they set out to do. And and one of the things I, I have found out about dealing with the, with these types of mindsets, mm -hmm. and it's something that Americans can't come to grips with. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, is is we're used to dealing in hyperbole, all right? Mm -hmm. when I, and what I mean by that is is that we're so used to saying, oh, yeah, we're going to go kick your butt if you, if you say this or you do that, or we're going to go blow his head off or, you know. Well, yeah, everybody knows that's exactly what it is. It's just talk. But we do not know how to understand the mindset that says, look, we are going to launch a terrorist attack on America on such and such a date and here's what we're going to do. Okay, it, it's very straightforward. I mean, there's there's no subterfuge in that statement whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But we can't comprehend that. We just can't comprehend that. And it happens time and time and time again. Tanzania, okay, uh, in, uh, um, uh, in in Kenya, well, our embassy in Kenya. Mm -hmm. I mean, it goes on and on. Uh, the, the the Kobar bombings. Okay, all of those. You know. Uh, Al-Qaeda stated they are going to do this to us, okay? And we, yeah, 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 sure, okay. And, and, and what happened? We just kept blowing it up. It happened, and we just, oh, yeah, sure, okay. All right, 9-11 happened, okay? They very clearly sent the message. Remember, um, for your listeners, it was Anthony Schaefer, Able Danger, uh, Able Danger on 2000, July of 2000, that briefed my group 
that mm-hmm. said, this group is coming. They are going to attack the right. World Trade Center. They are going to attack select targets around the Washington, D.C. area. Okay? Mm-hmm. Just that simple. There's nothing else to say about it. Just that simple. And what do they do? They did exactly that. And so this is a problem that we have as Americans is, is coming to grips with this mindset. All right? There's, there's nothing mysterious about it. When you're dealing with them every right. day like it was, you see it. And you understand when they say they're going to do something, they do it. That, that is the greatest, um, greatest uh, weapon that they have is they mean what they say and say what they mean. Nothing else. All right. So, so in, in dealing with ISIS, okay, there is no dealing with ISIS. They are way too tough. They are gaining 1,000 recruits a day now. They have unlimited, uh, unlimited funds, unlimited sources. They are very angry. And guess what? They, they are providing the bulwark right now against any, uh, any intrusion by Iran. Iran right. would love to get their hands on Iraq. Okay? Right. And, and, and that is the only thing stopping them right now is ISIS. Okay? You can safely say right now, internationally speaking, that Iran controls several capitals in the Middle East. Okay, the, of, of countries they they can they control Sena in Yemen, they control Be- Beirut in Lebanon, they control Damascus, they control Baghdad. Okay, mm-hmm. these are Iranian controlled. Yeah. And what the only thing st- stopping from complete domination by Iran of, of that that whole area? It's ISIS. Mm-hmm. And um, okay, to- it's ISIS. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And Tony in the chat actually has um, another question related to this, and um, that's what what do you think actually hit the Pentagon? That's the question. Oh, gosh, that, that big silver streak that I saw, okay, <laughs> that hit the Pentagon, okay. All right, um, you know, that has been a question mark that everybody has, okay, mm-hmm. because nobody nobody was able to see, quote, the, the plane engines that they supposedly brought out of that section, and as I as I told your listeners last yeah. time, Genevieve, it's, it's this: is that I was briefed by a group of called Able Danger in July of 2000. All right, okay. headed up by Lieutenant Colonel Lieutenant Colonel Anthony Schaefer. Well, I didn't realize it till last week that all 23 all 23 of Able Danger members were killed in that one section. Wow. The only other thing that was going on in that one section that was hit by that supposed supposed plane, mm-hmm. okay, was this. There was $7 trillion came up missing out of the national budget. Just missing, gone, right. okay? The entire investigation, wait, wait, the seven, database several was trillion in dollars. Seven. Seven, I okay. Several. I said seven. Okay, <laughs> that's more than several at that okay. point. Yes, right, exactly. Trillion dollars. Yeah. I, 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 I know what's a million nowadays. I mean, what's a billion nowadays? Okay. Right, right. No, this is seven trillion. All right, seven trillion. Surprise! Whatever that was, and I've 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 heard it was a cruise missile. Right. Okay. Looking at the footage, and I, and I've talked to eyewitnesses that said yes, they saw a plane, mm-hmm. low flying passenger plane, come in. They thought, oh, gee, what what is that low plane flying plane doing mm-hmm. approaching the Pentagon? Mm-hmm. Well, the Pentagon had. Seven layers of air defense 
around it. Still does. Okay? Wow. Supposedly, a hummingbird can't get through to the Pentagon. Okay? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And and for and for something to hit the one section that would basically state that 9/11, who did it and who was responsible, the people that had had been running the undercover covert operation on Al Qaeda were sitting in the same room. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 the seven trillion dollars that was what was missing had never been accounted for was in the same section. That was a section that was taken out. Okay, there are no coincidences in in intelligence work. Okay, that I can say that safely as an absolute. There are no coincidences. Okay, mm-hmm. so I doubt very seriously if a lumbering, slow-moving passenger plane could fly. You know, and all the high-speed cameras that, mm-hmm. that were in place around the Pentagon would not record that event, you know, like like on the World Trade Center. Right. I, I mean, we've seen, you know, we, we saw those slumbering, slow-moving passenger planes full of fuel mm-hmm. smack smack into the World Trade Center. And, you know, and they were taken with a, with a zillion cameras. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the best I saw was just a silvery flash hit the side of the building, okay, of the Pentagon. So mm-hmm. I don't know what to say about that, mm-hmm. but but I there are no coincidences, and I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. And that is that that you know honestly that that is fair enough. I think 9/11. Uh, anytime the topic gets brought up, and you know we we come out with uh, more more questions than, than answers. I mean, just you know like two days ago, I I found myself. Um, just kind of, you know, refreshing my memory on some of the stuff about 9-11. And it, it's so strange. It's, it was such a strange event. And, um, uh, and, and the fact that our government had prior knowledge, as, as, as you have told us, that, you know, they knew that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, no and, and it was no allowed question. to happen. And, uh, personally, I still have this kind of internal, um, conflict as, as whether, you know, the planes that I, I see on these videos flying into the towers, are they really airliners? Because I mean, to me, they just look like military, you know, your standard, like gray, unmarked, uh, uh, planes. You know, I, you know, I live fairly close to LAX. I see planes all day, every day <laughs> flying over LA and, the altitude, you know, that I see them, which is, you know, way higher than than what they were when they flew into the towers. I can still discern, you know, the the you know what airlines they are most of the time. Uh, and in these videos, you know, you see these these the gray, very strange planes. But you know, I may be you know straying from our point, but I guess I just want to to throw that out there for <laughs> the people who are interested and in, in, in want to continue that. Greg, can you hold on the line just for uh, just for a, a few minutes while we take a quick break? We're just going to grab some water oh, and, and give you a chance to, to yeah, just uh, uh, grab some water yourself. Uh, we're going to play some music here for our listeners, and we're, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Greg Ford. I know, Genevieve, you got you got something you, you want to uh, uh, share out there for people to check out, I believe? Um. Yeah, just just a quick note, and um, many people might know about this already, but um, I didn't. And when my family came over to visit, they, um, you know, they were talking about this mm, documentary that just got released in the UK, mm-hmm. and the way it was explained is um, essentially there was a, a documentary edited 
by Alfred Hitchcock, the Alfred Hitchcock, and that gives you an idea of how old it is. So this documentary was filmed and edited in the early 40s, mm -hmm. and it just got released. It, yeah. um, just in January, I think on, on the 24th, it was um, for the first time ever um, aired in, on public TV, wow. cha Channel 4 in the UK. And the reason it hasn't been aired for all these 70 years uh -huh. is because the government... For you know, for certain political reasons, didn't want to induce emotions in in the people, yeah. And 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 it was simply too gruesome. It was right. too gruesome to end. And this is essentially footage of um, concentration camp prisoners being released right after the war. They were released, mm -hmm. and um, a load of cameramen were ordered to get to the gates of Auschwitz and other concentration camps and, and film this happening yeah. so the world could see what was happening. And then another interesting thing is that the people from surrounding um, towns and villages were invited. The, the yeah. non-Jewish Germans were invited yeah. to watch this happen. And obviously, you know, people hear about this and people were getting excited. They were like, mm -hmm. oh, this is, this is like an outing in the same way that people used to get excited yeah. about be beheadings and stuff, right? Yeah. And apparently people went there and it was it was life changing as in they they didn't know what they were expecting and they were crushed by it and and this video is never released because they didn't want people, including I mean the British people of all people, mm -hmm. the government, the British government did not want their own people seeing this because they didn't right. want they didn't want people to feel sympathy because no one knew what to do with these people. And anyway, the, it's I think it's and a just, pretty big thing, and I think people should check it out in whatever way you can. And I'm sure you can find it or buy it somewhere online. Um, I, you told me about this, and mm -hmm. uh, I spoke to uh, Keith later about this. Yeah, uh, he was telling me, and I looked up the kind of like a short trailer, or mm -hmm. like some kind of intro on it. Yep. and honestly, it, it's it. I, uh, I, I'm at a loss of words. Yeah. Um, just to give people an idea, uh, like you said, you know, it's footage of the soldiers as they walk into Auschwitz. Like, they don't even know like, no, what no awaits one, on the other no side. No one knew what, what they were expecting. And people, everyone, apart from the people who were directly involved, everyone right. was oblivious. It wasn't their fault that they were. But right. they, they, everyone but here's, was, here's what I saw in this particular clip that I was watching was that um, they they round up all the Nazi soldiers, mm -hmm. and the not there, there were women, right, yeah. German women, mm -hmm. who were doing like office duties apparently, and they round them all up, and they made the men carry the bodies and bury them, and they made the women watch. Oh, they made everyone watch them, and children. You see watch, these made... women weeping and crying, and it, I mean, it, it, it's a total like your yeah, mind no, but, will. I mean, this be... is the reason why it. I mean, this is a long time yeah. we're talking about, and the sad thing is that, uh, you know, we we have to hope that something like that doesn't happen again. I don't mean something mm -hmm. like that specifically, but just yeah. just the the. Um, hiding of facts, mm -hmm. the hiding of footage, the hiding of everything. And maybe in 
50, 60, 70 years from yeah. now, someone's going to release a video and be like, look, this is this is the stuff they didn't know. Right. And they were never told. Um, tattoo Guy is asking if you've seen the drone footage yeah, flying I've over Auschwitz. And, and you that know, is pretty impressive. Interestingly but... enough, when I was told about this documentary, I'm like, oh, is it that? And I'm like, no. Well, and I'm like, you know, no, it's funny it's, because it's much they, they more showed a clip, that. and this is obviously you know pre-drone era but you know they did an an overview you know they, they and flew yes a tattoo plane. guy tattoo guy um is correct the name of the documentary is night will fall first aired on um channel four but i think some hbo or so in the u.s yeah has or will still be showing it yeah but anyways it's an amazing documentary uh we just yeah i mean definitely check oh, it out okay it's it's coming on hbo still okay Definitely, uh, we we encourage people to check it out. Like I said, I watched a few minutes of the of of mm -hmm. a clip, like a trailer type clip, and I oh, I couldn't heavy. believe it. I, I couldn't believe it. But so yeah, I anyway, mean, it's... Night Will Fall. Check it out, guys. And it obviously it's related to this whole topic because yeah. no one wants to be. Um, I, I no one should be hidden from a political yeah. disaster like that again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's uh, kind of you know. <laughs> Pick up the mood a little bit. I know we had a request from Leslie, correct? Yep. Uh, some, some Pink Floyd, Pink right? Pink Floyd lined Can't up go again. wrong with Pink Floyd. One of my all-time favorite bands. Great gig in the sky. That's for Leslie. Thank you for requesting that song and tuning in tonight. As well as to everybody that's tuning in. Uh, let's play a little bit of Pink Floyd. This is West of the Rockies on the Independent Fan. I'm Frank. Take it easy. Take it, uh, I'm not signing out. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side. Enjoy the tunes. <laughs> What's up, guys? This is Jorge Diaz of Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones. And you're listening to West of the Rockies with Frank. This portion of the show is sponsored by Haunted Orange County, your premier source for all things haunted in and around OC. From haunted history ghost walks to ghost group hunting expeditions at some of SoCal's most haunted destinations. Make your fall plans early and book an upcoming tour or investigation today. Visit hauntedoc.com. The second hour of West of the Rockies on Frank. Thank you guys for sticking around. As always, I'm Engineer Frank on Twitter, West of the Rockies on Facebook. Our good friend Jimmy Jaime Roque on Twitter, um, Genevieve Uway on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter, WOTR Radio, and check out the website, WOTRradio.com. We just posted a really cool article written by our very own Genevieve about the NAM show. Mm-hmm. Lots and that of funky was interesting. pictures. Lots of funky yeah, pictures. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of cool uh, pictures. Some and cool bad stuff. puns. <laughs> and plenty of those as well. Uh, so check it out if you haven't. WTRready.com. Uh, cool little bumper there by uh, uh, Jorge Diaz of Paranormal Activity. Uh, Haunted OC just had a cool event. We're waiting to hear all about it. Featuring Chad Lindbergh of uh, Ghost Stalkers. Uh, if you missed our interview where we talked to Chad about that event and some other stuff. Go to WTRRadio.com. You'll find it there. And a shout-out to Mr. Navarro, Dave Navarro, because uh, he provided me with those cool bumpers. I don't think people realize how cool those bumpers are. 
They're pretty, you know, they actually considering they were called kind of, they, they were recorded impromptu live on the spot on radio. You did a yeah. pretty, <laughs> as an engineer, as an audio engineer, that's the one thing where I think people can say, ah, you did an okay job. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, that's a weird If I remember compliment. correctly, I think we were discussing on his show, Dark Matter, uh, or it was either during a break or something, but we were discussing the, uh, uh, he did a commercial for uh, a credit card uh, company. I forgot what, what it was, but it's basically the premise of the commercial. And I don't want to get too drawn out with this is that, uh, he's like the camp counselor at this rock and roll camp. And uh, he was talking about it, but anyway, so he, uh, he's like, yeah, I should do something for West of the Rockies. And he did one. And I remember as soon as he finished it, he handed me the guitar back. He's like, all right, now pay me $10,000 or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, I have about 20 grand in Dave Navarro bumpers <laughs> in here. So I hope people uh, enjoy them as much as I do. Um, yeah, so shout out to, to Dave. I love the guy. He's, he's, he's one of the nicest, coolest dudes I ever met. And speaking of nice and cool dudes that I've met, on the line, we have Mr. Greg Ford. Greg, um, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Up in Northern California here. Awesome. A lovely, lovely, lovely Northern California, home of a lot of things, including Bigfoot, some may say. Uh, being an Army person, Greg, <laughs> what do you know about Bigfoot real quick? Oh, um... Gosh, uh, is he about, real? Uh, the, is the government hiding Bigfoot from us? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the government's hiding a lot of things, but I don't think you know that they can pin down Bigfoot long enough to uh, you know, you know uh, obscure him from you know, public attention. So, <laughs> no, I, I I think there's probably hominids hominids in remote places. But I don't know if California, as populated as California is, can actually hide a Bigfoot for very long. I I, I think you're so I you're, you're right on with that. I I believe the same thing. But hey, you know the the redwoods are big enough. Who knows what's out there? Greg, I know that people can find you on Twitter at Greg Ford News. Um, is there any other places where people can uh, stay in touch with you and, and know what's coming, uh, you know, what what other stuff you got coming down the line? Because I know you also have a book as well. Right, right. I have my book coming out in January of next year. Okay. Okay, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's when it's uh, slated, scheduled to you know be released. Uh, you know, and have and I have the I have several publishers actually squabbling over it right now. I can't oh, I bet, the, I the bet. fight that's going on. But uh, yeah, and, and and like I say, I I have to kind of keep a low profile for various reasons. Uh, what, you know, the main the main reason why is our government. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, we 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 have you know like I say these are the most sensitive issues mm-hmm. out there. And they're not going away. They're simply not leaving. Okay. Right. The, these, these issues of weapons of mass destruction, ISIS, mm-hmm. nuclear threat. I mean, as, as a direct result of ISIS getting its hands on nuclear triggers, the, uh, they say the, the atomic clock now has ticked straight up. Oh, All right. Wow. And in, in terms of, um, in terms of a nuclear incident happening, it, it, it's straight on now to be expected. All right. So. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as, but as a result, and by the way, <clears throat> you, you're talking, you know, Frank, you're talking about the media issue. Yeah. My researcher, Marty McFly, mm-hmm. if you remember him. Yes. Okay. Yes. He, he just announced to me that 
that he has had a full government on onslaught, okay, onto his systems, his really? research, his computer-based systems. Yes, and he is. He has never seen anything as sophisticated, you know, as this attack that he is suffering right now on his systems. Oh, wow. I mean, he has got some of the some of the best IP, IP and IT people, and they they can't believe it. You know, you know, I wouldn't say they're overwhelmed, but they're pretty close to being overwhelmed by this attack. Yeah, I so I, I spoke. That's why I keep a low profile for your listeners. It's I, nothing I, personal. It's just. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I mean, it's 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 uh it's scary. Um, you know, it's like mm-hmm. the internet's a double-edged sword. Um, it seems right. It, it can be a tool, a great tool, to uh, to uh, spread information. At the same time, it's 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 an equally powerful tool for the powers that be to, you know, uh, track mm-hmm. and censor and do a lot of crazy things to right. to people who are trying to to uh, spread the truth and. Um, you know, knock on wood, everything goes well. But yeah, we we should be having Marty McFly soon. Uh, I spoke to him, and, mm-hmm. and he's a great guy, very knowledgeable. Um, definitely uh, happy to know that you got people like that on your corner. Believe me. Um, and it's scary that that he's experiencing those kind of things. Um, Greg, before we we uh, we we uh, forget, why don't we talk about this whole Central American thing? The, you know, we <laughs> we've been meaning yeah, to talk about this for a while, and I know that a certain key player pops up in this Central American situation. That so I'll I'll, I'll hand over the microphone to you. Why don't you tell me a little bit of, of, of this? Okay. Now I I just wanted to back backtrack for a second or two on what what you folks were talking about in terms of the uh, Alfred Hitchcock oh, documentary. Oh, yes. Please so do. Forth. Please do. Okay. Yes. Now, okay. Um, now, get, uh, let me see. How can I relate this? Okay. Now, ISIS, okay, understands media manipulation, mm-hmm. okay, completely. Right. ISIS does. Okay. Yeah. Now, and, but we have to put this in context, what they're doing. Right now, at any given time in India, close to 50,000 women are being emulated, okay, burned to death, mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. and there's hardly and and because that is a strategic issue, we are not addressing that 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 horrifying event, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is happening. The French, the French, I mean the civilized French, for years used the guillotine to chop people's heads off. Yeah. Okay. Until quite recently, you know, I mean, relatively. Right and. And World War II, look at the Japanese when they went into Nanking. You know, that footage is just unbelievable, you know, of, of Japanese officers mm-hmm. cutting the heads of, of poor Chinese victims, uh, kneeling down, chopping their heads off with samurai swords. Okay, so but this this material isn't new. It's just being exploited by a very skilled uh, 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 puppet master, mm-hmm. and that is that is ISIS. Wow. They have access to the best, uh, best manipulation, the best weapons, mm-hmm. the best intelligence. Mm-hmm. Okay, they do it, and they and they won't be stopped. Okay, so uh, um, now I was also going to bring up something. Okay, that happened to me concerning this issue of photography, pictures, and so forth. Okay, uh, this happened, and this is actually in a court case. Okay, that went to the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. and this concerns. The whole uh, uh, 
photographic and video footage of what happened at Abu Ghraib prison. Now, the public was only shown five photos. And those five photos shook the world, okay? They actually shook the world, all right? Well, ACLU came to me, American Civil Liberties uh, Union came to me and said, look, uh, we know from, from who you are and what you've done, okay, right. uh, that there's something else there that we need to find, okay, concerning what Americans were doing to Iraqis, prisoners in Abu Ghraib mm -hmm. and Camp Buka. And I said, yes, yes, there's like 500 photos that the public has never seen, and there's at least five hours of the most ghastly streaming video that, 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 that Americans can't comprehend. I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. Americans can't comprehend what their American children have done to other human beings. Wow. It is on that five hours of video. Wow. I, uh, I happened to witness Dianne Feinstein, the head of the Senate Intelligence Committee, right. uh, after she had viewed that material, mm -hmm. and the whole group, okay, there's, there's 15 people on the House Intelligence Committee, mm -hmm. and they were, they were absolute, they were, to say they were green would be kind, okay? Say they were white, you know, from blood loss, yes, that was more, that's more accurate, okay? Mm -hmm. They were, they were shocked beyond speaking, okay, that what they saw on that streaming video, what I dealt with every day and had to try to, try to repair medically every day, okay? And so I, I turned right around and I sent, I sent the ACLU exactly what they should look for in terms of that footage. Mm -hmm. And our Department of Defense turned right around and said, no way, no how are we going to allow that to be released to the American public because they can't handle it. Now, think about that. And then I want your listeners to think about that. This is our own Department of Defense saying that that the American public can't handle what their own uh, relatives, loved ones, sons, daughters were doing to 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 these people in Iraq, that has brought brought this brought us to the state of Armageddon right now, the state of apocalypse right now. Okay, uh, that, that they that that DOD decided that that's what the American people should not see, and as a result, they completely obliterated all, all my service records. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many service records? Okay, they have been disappeared, and my case went up, actually went up for the footage, that film footage at mm -hmm. Abu Ghraib. It went up to, it went up to clear to the Supreme Court. Okay, and the Supreme Court did order the release of that about that film footage. That's what it took. All right. Mm -hmm. As a result, now though, I I have I have no the thirty last thirty years of my life haven't existed. Okay, don't exist. Wow. So, you know, mm -hmm. but anyway, yes, it is happening now. It, it, it didn't it just didn't happen in the gates of Auschwitz. No, it's happening now, and our own government is is quite capable of doing it, doing this. All right. Would you agree with the, the comparison? That uh, I'm sorry, just really, really quick. I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, uh, for too long. But do you agree with the comparison that people have made with? Uh, uh, you know, Hitler blaming the Jews for the burning down of the Reichstag to uh, uh, comparing it to the uh, uh, Bush in 9-11. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, 
Is that a fair well, comparison in in your opinion? Yes. Yeah. I well, I. <laughs> I, I had a very good friend of mine, Wade Madsen, probably mm -hmm. one of the finest investigative journalists alive today. Okay, uh, he was on a, on a interview with Bill O'Reilly, you know, Fox 40 and all that. And, of course, Bill O'Reilly. And, <laughs> and, and he was asked basically the same thing. Okay, and, mm. and and the way Wayne put it was was that he said, "No, no, I'm not comparing um, Saddam Hussein or 9/11." You know. Uh, to Hitler, Adolf Hitler, mm -hmm. Bill O'Reilly asking the same question. Okay, right. and 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 Wayne Madsen replied that the only way I could I could compare those two is to say that is that is that Adolf Hitler wrote a book, and George Bush never read one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you; you have me nervous for a minute because I'm like, I hope he's not comparing me to Bill O'Reilly. It's pretty amazing. That's a great response. Holy cow! Yeah, that's all I can think of to say to that. Right. No. So, fair enough. Okay. Now, um, okay, let's jump to Central America. Yes. All right. Yes. And and because I've been trying for what close to two years now. Yes. Two years now to get, yes. this, get this out to your listeners. Okay. Please do. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, and of course. And I want your listeners to guess, okay? They can call in with, with if they think that there's anybody other than Dick Cheney that could be responsible for these monstrosities, mm -hmm. okay? That that he really isn't isn't the war criminal that, that the whole globe is saying. He is. The whole world is saying he's a war criminal. Right. And they, and they want him prosecuted. Okay? Of course. And, look, you know, and if you don't believe me, look at Nuremberg right now, okay? Nuremberg is convening war crime tribunals on George W. Bush, Dick Cheney, and Donald Rumsfeld. Okay? Wow. They don't do this you know, on a whimsy, okay, on a whimsical uh, issue. No. They they know that these people, the whole world knows what these people have done. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, now, um, uh, only Dick Cheney could come up with this. When he, when he was, when he was Secretary of Defense under George H.W. Bush, uh, th there was something going on in Central America, El Salvador. Yes. Uh, there were uh, there were death squads, mm -hmm. uh, Guatemala, Nicaragua. Right. I mean, the the, the whole gambit, okay, mm -hmm. uh, uh, of countries there. You know, me myself, I have worked in several of those countries. Mm -hmm. You know, in the intelligence fashion, in the intelligence mode, and so I I understand a little bit about what transpired there, but mm -hmm. it wasn't until my case. Okay, my case and research into my case that has that has produced what what I'm going to tell your listeners next. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. um, George, uh, excuse me, Dick Cheney, when he was Secretary of Defense, spent a lot of time covert. Okay, mm -hmm. I mean nobody really knew where he was for weeks on end. Okay, mm -hmm. you know, no phone calls, no no no, no discussing, you know, Sato. Uh, what is it? Sado lesbian masochistic masochistic uh, techniques with his wife, uh, Lynn. Nothing like wow. that. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, he was actually and he was dark. Okay, mm -hmm. as they say in the, in the business. Right. And and what he was doing. Okay, there were, there were two things. What he was doing. I thought several things actually. <laughs> uh, that rascal. Okay. One of one <laughs> of which was he was he was structuring nine eleven. Mm -hmm. Okay. He knew he knew come hell or high water that George W. Bush, the son, 
would be president someday. Right. No matter what, if they had to have an issue of hanging chads in Florida, okay, mm-hmm. which, of course, the brother Jeb Bush, who is now running for president, right. by the way, right. uh, bring that up, okay, uh, went out of his way to make sure his, his pinhead brother uh, got elected. All right. And great. Great. You know, now we have two endless wars we can't get out of. Right. Yeah, our, our economy was a disaster. So, so anyway, but the, the second thing that he was working on, Dick Cheney was working on uh, d- during the dark period, was uh, something called QBark. Yes. Okay. And I can hear I can hear government I, I can hear government agencies just cringing when I say that. Okay. QBark. All right. Now, uh, QBark is a program that's an acronym and it's for basically counterinsurgency in central america oh wow it, it is that is a, specific it right is a, yes wow 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 i'm sorry no i was just saying it's, it was that uh, it was a very specific operation right exactly and the reason why and the reason why i i was exposed to Hubark, okay, was this, okay, is that, first of all, Dick Cheney liked what he saw in Vietnam, okay? Mm-hmm. Vietnam, he, even though he was, he was another draft, a draft dodger, you know, like George W., mm-hmm. okay, uh, he, he, he likes, he, he likes period things, like people being horribly tortured to death, okay? He likes that kind of stuff. And so there was something called the MAC SOG, Military Airlift Command, Special Operations Group, program the phoenix program and i I can hear all the old old folks listening okay the oldsters Mm -hmm. listening saying oh i remember the phoenix program yes and that was basically counterinsurgency for the communist effort uh in vietnam well uh dick cheney ordered that program dusted off and and with a few name changes and set into a Latin Central Central American environment, adjusted to something called Operation Cubark. Right. And Operation Cubark was the premier entree of death squads, torture chambers, uh, enhanced interrogation uh, in in El Salvador specifically. Mm-hmm. Briefly uh, clarify yeah. to any listeners or. Um, anyone here, from the little research that we've done, it's essentially a manual which, you know, describes certain coercive techniques and more than just coercion, but, you know, again, um, things that are um, embarrassing, humiliating, you know, strip you of humanity. And these are mm-hmm. essentially like training manuals that tell you how to abuse another human yeah, being. Yeah, like torture uh, manuals, yes. pretty much. Oh, that from this, this yeah. program. Mm-hmm. Okay, this, this program was actually launched to, through the School of the Americas, right. which at mm-hmm. the time, okay, uh, it, it was in Panama, all right, at, you know, at uh, near, uh, right on the canal, Fort Sherman. Uh, Fort Clayton, that area, and uh, Greg, that's where uh, the school I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to steal your thunder. But you mentioned Panama, uh, and I just want to see if I have my chrono, my chronological facts correct, real quick. Was um, uh, 
damn it, what was the name of uh, uh, Ortega? Was Ortega uh, in Was he, uh, you know, at the helm of Panama at this time, or did he come after this time? Because I know, obviously, we all know Ortega was. I, I, Manuel Noriega. Oh, okay. Noriega, that's it. Right. I apologize. Ortega right. Noriega. Our, our, our former CIA, CIA drug running strongman. Yeah, was okay. he was he the one um, uh, in charge of Panama at the time, or or who was in charge at the time that allowed this to happen? Because obviously Panama seemed to be. Uh, well, uh, uh, well Pan Panama, like a lot of Central American countries, has a very liberal presidential exchange rate. Okay. Uh, you, you know, it's not uncommon to have a, a coup, two or three mm -hmm. coups in a year in a lot of those countries. And, and so, uh, they had originally had a very interesting character, uh, who was, of course, blown up in a helicopter by our CIA by the name of Omar Torrios. And then, and then when that happened, uh, Manuel Noriega, who was commander of the, of the Panamanian National Guard, uh, was in the northern part of the country. He immediately rushed back to Panama City and launched a coup, took over Panama, Panama, mm -hmm. okay, as a, as a junta, basically a junta leader, okay, a junta brass hat, as they're referred to. So, so, uh, and he had no problem whatsoever implementing, uh, uh, utilizing, you know, School of the Americas and implementing a strongman tech, uh, uh, regime in Panama. Yes. And, and that was basically the jumping off point for several operations into El Salvador. Mm. Okay. From there, it went into El Salvador. Okay. And, and, um, uh, and then there was a, a fellow put in charge and, and, and let me say, what's in a name? Okay. Well, this, this fellow that was in, put in charge of the interrogation, the torture chambers was somebody named Blowtorch Bob. Suarez. Uh -huh. Okay. Right. Now, as the name as the name depicts, that's what he was very good at. All right, dealing with with interrogations using a blowtorch on people. Now, ghastly as that sounds, you know, it's no more ghastly than probably cutting somebody's head mm -hmm. off on on the internet. Right. Right. So. Right. So anyway, the that was deemed that program was deemed a success because I mean, uh, you know, it was brutal. I mean, the Battalion 500 rampaged the country with nonstop atrocities. Uh, uh, there, there was, you know, there was attempts to bring this to, you know, the, the American public's attention, which were beaten down by, by Ronald Reagan. Okay. Who was the president at the time. Uh, and, and the country was literally turned into a charnel house and based on Dick Cheney and his QPARC program. Well, Okay, yeah, as Republicans like to say, well, that's in the past. Don't worry about it. No, it isn't in the past. As of four months ago, uh, the Human Rights Commission in The Hague said anybody involved with, with those, with that, the brutal death squads in El Salvador mm -hmm. is going to be prosecuted as a war criminal. And I wow. heard, I hope Dick Cheney, I really hope Dick Cheney heard that when I just said that. Okay. That's what they said. Months ago, wow. that that anybody involved with mm -hmm. the formation of death squads in El Salvador will be held accountable, and, and this is this is based on the very careful documentation of Father Father Bourgeois, okay, a Catholic priest who did more than anybody to bring this attention and the slaughter and and the annihilation.
mm-hmm. of, the, of the Highland tribes, Indian tribes in El Salvador, and and the death squads that were running rampaging through the country. It was Father Bourgeois, who surprisingly he's still alive. All right. Wow! Wow! Uh, okay. And that I mean, that's his really. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it blows my mind. Um, the School of the Americas is something that pops up a lot when you talk about Central America, specifically El Salvador and what happened there. And maybe I guess to put it into some kind of context, the um, this was during the time that the U.S. was launching a very aggressive offensive. Under the table, I guess, would be the term I should use because they were not officially um, – well, how can I put this? I guess officially they were not admitting to providing any kind of aid to these to to the governments, aside from saying that they were not in favor of communism. And uh, obviously, all of you know Central America, pretty much as a whole, was having a a, a, a civil war between the poor, you know, uh, people that had been uh, brushed aside by the government. And the wealthy families that control said government, um, and when you you know you you read about you know the the guys like uh, uh, you know Roberto Dawison who went to the School of the Americas, a lot of these guys went to the School of the Americas. Why don't you tell us a little bit what the School of the Americas was? Because I I, I don't know if too many people know the significance of this okay. particular institution. The School, the School of the Americas, okay. At- as as I understand it, and by the way, I've had I've had several commanding officers now that attended the School of the Americas in the intelligence mm-hmm. business, so I do know a little bit about it. All right, mm-hmm. uh, and and the way I understand it, Mr. Dobie Soam mm-hmm. was was a graduate, right, and and he implemented okay, he implemented what he learned in the School of the Americas, which is basically. Uh, uh, it was based on Argentina and Brazilian uh, death squads and suppressions of the insurgencies there. Okay, mm-hmm. what they learned there, and which were not exactly as uh, kinder, gentler techniques of dealing with with civil unrest. And so, and so, the same techniques were taught, and 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 they actually, the way I understand it, there was actually real torture being done to people. There at the at the School of the Americas in Panama. Oh wow! At and, the actual course, school. At the actual school. Wow. And the way I understand it, 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 uh, it there was so much pressure brought to bear that it was moved from from uh, from uh, Fort Sherman uh, uh, to Fort Benning. I, I believe it's it's still in existence now in Fort Benning. Wow. So and still and still teaching. You know, still teaching bad, gruesome things. Okay, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. bad and gruesome things. Okay, so you know, so much for our kinder, gentler foreign policy, as George H. W. Bush would say. <laughs> All right, so you know, and so um, what happened? At, at, at all of this happened be, directly because of Dick Cheney. All right, Dick Cheney, who was sec- uh, Secretary of Defense at that time, and and then so everybody's kind of wondering, well, what does this have to do with me? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, as I said earlier, uh, okay, um, the Dick Cheney turned right around, and in, in the year 2000, okay, he initiated. Okay, I thought I thought presidents were supposed to do this kind of thing. Okay, initiate wars and take America to war. 
but it, this was Dick Cheney, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, who did this. And, and he set up a program called Pre-Planned Aggression, okay, mm-hmm. for the invasion of Iraq in the year 2000. This is before 9-11. This is be- before 2003, which I went to Iraq in, okay. He, se- he set up that program, okay, the Pre-Planned Aggression, highly illegal internationally, to, mm-hmm. to pre-plan an aggressive invasion of a country that, that has done nothing wrong to you, okay? Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, but the 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 caveat uh, with with that program was going to be something like this: is that Shia death squads were going to be formulated in Iraq, and they were going to be used to repress the Sunni. And repress is too nice a word for what what was done to the Sunni. Okay, mm-hmm. as, as I said, don't don't forget the human worm. Okay, that I right. that I, I was subjected to that I still have nightmares about. Okay, so so that 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 program was translated direct to Iraq. Okay, and it was administered by you know the Jimmy the Jimmy Stewart of the, of the CIA and the Department of Defense, uh, David Petraeus, General Petraeus. All right, so that that is how that is how Operation Cubark which was a, a relative of of uh, uh, Operation Phoenix in Vietnam, went on to become Operation Operation Copper Green. That is another operative term that I want all your listeners to memorize. Copper okay. Green. Copper because, Green. Because Copper Green, because Copper Green uh, bloomed, blossomed into a, a monster now, that is spread into 70 different countries, 70 different countries that it has spread into, and, and where, and, and only, only the American way can come up with this, where torture and interrogation, uh, clandestine assassination, brutality, barbershop brutality, are all administered to, to uh, uh, various countries, you know, uh, discontents, malcontents, uh, insurgents, guerrillas, and so forth, that are captured and sent to our black ops sites. Everybody's heard now about black ops sites. Right. Okay. Well, it, it, in the news in the last week, there's been a, a big, big scandal in the Moroccan, Morocco's black ops site and the Poland and Poland's black ops site. Okay. Mm-hmm. These people from these different countries are sent here uh, via, via our logistics group called Booz Allen. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and this and the group and the group is actually run by my former commanding officer who was at Abu Ghraib who ran Abu Ghraib, okay. And to show you, see, you can be a war criminal and make lots and lots of money at it, okay. And and these people, okay, are dog created on our logistics plane for a fee now. All this is all for a fee, and shipped to these black ops sites where they are brutalized. Forever, if need be, for a fee, of course, mm-hmm. and and if you, if the host country that is paying for this treatment wants them tortured every day, they will be tortured every day. If they want them uh, clandestinely assassinated and and never heard from again, that that can be arranged too for a fee, and that that is copper green, folks. Okay, and Frank and Geneve, Genevieve, that that is uh, copper green. Mm-hmm. Okay. If now, if you were to, 
If you were to consult with the Department of Defense right now, they'd say, oh, no, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Okay. And then the next thing they'll say is, where did you hear that from? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And Copper Green is on my court case, listed in my court case on the Ninth Circuit Court. Okay. The function of Copper Green. So uh, that is what that is what Operation Keywork turned into from Central America. It turned into for a fee, okay, revenue generation, okay, mm-hmm. for America, the, the business of torture, mayhem, uh, assa- and, and covert assassination at these black operation sites around the world. So mm-hmm. 70 countries now subscribe to this service. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is... Se- that's a lot. 70, um, I mean, 70, did you say 70 or 17? I just want to be sure. Uh, how many seven countries? Zero countries. Okay, seven just, zero. just seven. checking, just seven. checking, Jeez. and that's a lot. Yes, yes, it's a shock, isn't it? I it's mean, even seventeen would many... be a lot, but seven zero seventy. No, seven zero. <laughs> yeah. And, and what happens is, is you, when you have malcontents in these countries, mm-hmm. the leaders say, "Okay, America, here we want to send this troublemaker to you, mm-hmm. and 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 here's your fee." Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and and there's all kinds of other goodies that are gathered too, okay, wow. by by our agencies, mm-hmm. okay. When when we torture these people in these black op sites, we learn all kinds of other uh, interesting control uh, uh, bits of information uh, from these from these people, and then we get we gain access to exploitation of resources of those countries. So everybody loves everybody in Copper Green, wow. Except for the Except for the victims, the political victims. Of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. it's it's scary talking about uh, what happened in El Salvador and, and Central America, for that matter. I mean, to me, it just seems like the playbook remains the same, right? They just change the name of the place. <laughs> if I mm-hmm. if I may use a, a football pun uh, here, and uh, it's 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 scary to think the amount of influence and power that uh, uh, certain individuals within the U.S. government have on other countries to be able to carry this out. For example, Cheney, right? I mean, I've always felt that Cheney was the guy that was really kind of running things. Bush was just the face of it. You know, and Cheney was kind of like unfortunate faces that. that. <laughs> well, yeah, but I guess if you have to pick between Bush and Cheney, right? I guess Bush is the least the worst. It's not the best. It's not the best options. But uh, it seems like Cheney was the one orchestrating a lot of things behind the scenes, and he's been playing that role for uh, decades. Uh, is that is that more or less correct? Correct. Okay. Yes, and he is. Uh, the, oh, remember, these are all children of robber baron families that have been in control of America for mm-hmm. several generations. Okay, these people just didn't start selling Amway door to door, and next thing you know, that they were in charge of you know of, of the Department of Defense. Okay, right. no, that's not the case. These people were groomed, educated, and trained. None of these people were graduates from the George from the George Bush leave no child behind program okay <laughs> right. or or as my sister my sister who was a professor in the uc system i uh, said leave no imbecile behind program okay <laughs> because right because she, you know she she couldn't believe it she was getting kids 
coming out of high school into college that could not read or write under George, the George Bush program. Unbelievable. Program. But absolutely. Probably to make so, George but Bush no, feel better about himself. <laughs> probably. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah, no, very little competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, the, but the thing was, and of course, who headed up that program, the, the, the uh, Leave No Child Behind program? Neil Bush, mm. his criminal brother. Okay. Remember, oh, really? Jeff? Remember the silver on the table? As a candle? criminal yeah, brother? No, no, Neil. <laughs> I thought they might you know, just all be. Does, I need to be specific when I say that. Yes, right, of right. course, because of course. <laughs> you know, in, our, in our circles, we refer to them as the Bush crime family. Okay? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, right. 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 And I, and I have no, <laughs> no qualms calling him that whatsoever. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting from Prescott Bush. Who, who produced the Cyclone B mm-hmm. that was used in in the uh, in the death camps, Nazi death camps? Okay, to to Saddam Hussein uh, shaking the hand of Dick Cheney to secure the deal, the mm-hmm. the, uh, the VX gas to drop on Kurds, thousands of Kurds. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, and, and then and then and then Donald Rumsfeld shaking the hand of Saddam Hussein to secure those same weapons. To drop on the Iranians, okay? Right. I mean, yeah, and, and and these people have done this nonstop and unchallenged, okay? If the system was working even remotely, mm-hmm. they would not have done this, okay? They would be all in prison now. They'd all be making license plates and right. and, and office furniture, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually getting a real job, you know, with real skills, you know? mm-hmm. okay? Uh, but but that is what has happened is is that these people have gone unchecked, and Dick Cheney, okay, has been behind it the entire way. All right, there is okay, and that's all there is to say. Okay, there's nothing else you can say about Dick Cheney. There he is, is he is the premier's country's premier war criminal. Uh, you took the the words right out of my out of my mouth because I was going to say it's it's no coincidence that the same people. That were involved in the you know late seventies, early eighties are the same people that came to power um, in in the early two thousands, right? Uh, Cheney, uh, a right. uh, Bush, uh, 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 Rumsfeld. I mean, these these were people that were dealing with the the war that we got into uh, after nine eleven. These were the same names that that people were familiar with in the late seventies and early eighties. I mean, that is not a coincidence, right? I mean, it seems like this was something that was just like you know, kind of uh, undergoing, you know, going under the surface, uh, you know, over the 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 years. Now, as I told your listeners last time. A year and a half ago, I stood in the in the living room of Phil Marshall, and and that name. Hopefully, people looked up that name, and I looked at the 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 the, the brain matter and blood on the floor, you know, of his because his brains were blown out, and the, and his two children that were had been asleep on the couch, they had had their brains blown out also. Mm-hmm. Okay, now now everybody's talking about Jeff Bush. Okay, mm-hmm. now I I need to add that that. Thank goodness Mitt Romney realized that he was about to ex- be exposed for his illegal uh, gaming going on in Macau, okay, mm-hmm. and that's why he withdrew, okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jeb Bush, Bill Marshall, Jeb Bush, Bill Marshall, Barry Seal, all had their pictures taken together, okay, wow. running cocaine from wow. Colombia. Oh, my God. All right. 
Now, this is the same person. This is the same person who is now going, who wants to run for president, who we just had George H.W. Bush, who mm-hmm. gave us a mess that, that, that will never be undone. Right. Okay. Who right. was the son of Prescott Bush, who did dealt, dealt with the Nazis and the Nazi, Nazi death camp. Unbelievable. Made a fortune off of Cyclone B. Then we got the idiot son, the village savant idiot, mm-hmm. okay, who put us into two endless wars. We're not out of these wars. I don't know if anybody understands that. We're not out of Afghanistan. Right. Okay. We've got 10,000 people that are going to stay there now, okay, in mm-hmm. Afghanistan. They're not mm-hmm. leaving. 10,000 people, okay? We have 10,000 people now in Syria looking for the weapons of mass destruction that his family uh, manufactured contracted for and sent there through the Carlisle group. Okay. All right. That's that, that, that was George, George W. Bush who, who put us into Afghanistan mm-hmm. and Iraq. All right. Mm-hmm. And now Jeb Bush wants to run for president. I'm oh, sorry. Really? I, you know, am, I, am I missing something? You know, uh, Frank, no, I mean, I'm missing something here. You know, I mean, is there anybody in America that would vote for this man? Okay. I I hope not. <laughs> Believe me, I hope not. I can't even begin to imagine what the world will be like with a third Bush in the a great, <laughs> Oval a kinder, Office. Gentler, a kinder, gentler Bush, right? Well, how long till you know? Because obviously, I mean, I remember um, uh, George uh, W. Bush saying that you know he was going after uh, Saddam because he tried to kill his daddy, his father. Which is, I mean, fair enough, somebody tried to kill my father, it's like, okay, yeah, I would be upset too, but I don't know if I would sacrifice other people's children to go take care of something that apparently was just some kind of family feud. Well, the idiot, okay, first of all, they were were doing business with Saddam Hussein, okay, Mm -hmm. and... You know, and, and gee, we just invaded, we just invaded the country. Uh, that, that was an internal squabble going on between Kuwait yeah. and Iraq. So, and, and, and we annihilated how many thousands, thousands of, mm-hmm. of Iraqi troops in yeah. the process. And, and, and so, the, so he shows up, George H.W. Bush shows up to Kuwait. And of course, what is Hussein supposed to do? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, but the problem is we have this idiot, okay, who's running the most powerful country in the world that has ever existed, United States of America. And he and he makes a statement saying, Saddam Hussein tried to kill my daddy? You know, I mean, that was the justification for invading. I like the accent added as well. That's a great Texas <laughs> accent, by the way. Yeah. Well, I, I remember when he said it, and I'm trying to... Right, remember. It, it was... It was, it was yeah. spot on. <laughs> you know, so, so, I mean, but that that was the justification for a 12,000 dead, American dead, you know, and how many trillions of dollars spent, you know, on, on a pointless war to cover to cover up the Bush mm-hmm. arms industry, you know, right. sales. Okay, I mean, and that's what we did. That's what we went to Iraq to do mm-hmm. was to clean up the the Bush family mess. Yep, the Bush crime family mess. All right, and then here and here and here's this guy Jeb, who 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 who, who manipulated the elections. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what was it, 2000? Manipulated the election right. in 2000 to get, to get that savant idiot brother of his into the presidency. And now he thinks he has, has, has some sort of, what, what is it, legacy? <laughs> I think it's a legacy is what they call it in the Bush family. <laughs> you know? It is you know? ridiculous. I mean, you know, 
It really you know, is. Say, it what? boggles you know? my mind. It really boggles my mind. Uh, Greg, we're we're running out of time, but I I I I feel the need to um, ask this question since we're talking about Hussein and Bush and and all this. Um, when they finally, you know, captured Hussein, and you know, they made this whole uh, what I consider a mock trial. It was it was the equivalent of the O.J. Simpson mm-hmm. trial uh, to me uh, in the sense of the way it was televised and 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 shown to the people. And we all know that you know he was sent- sentenced to death. He was executed by hanging. Um, a few days after the the execution, uh, the the footage leaked out, and you know we all had a chance to see Saddam Hussein being being hung, um, uh, uh, for for you know for uh, as punishment for what he did. However, fast forward, you know, roughly I don't know, ten years later, uh, give or take a, a few a couple of years, and uh, you know. There he is, Barack Obama, in in May first, saying, you know, that they um, they killed Bin Laden, and that he was, uh, uh, you know, hastily buried at sea, and uh, this, that, and the other. And I, I'm one of those people that I didn't buy it. I'll be honest, I didn't. I I, I believe that Saddam Hussein had been dead before then uh, i'm not claiming that i'm right but that's just my personal belief and uh, it the whole thing seemed like a put on because this press conference by obama came two days after a failed attempt at killing uh Gaddafi. my question i guess is did u.s troops kill bin laden and if so or if that wasn't the case is that the reason why the footage of or a picture or something to let people know that it actually happened wasn't shown. Okay, I'm not quite sure which question was which. I know, but, I'm sorry. It's, uh, it was it was it's, it, it was kind of like a long-winded thought. So, uh if I if I can okay. condense it, um we were able to see you know, I, Hussein being hung, you know, or at least whom right. we think it was Hussein, you know, there, dead in on video. Right. When right. Bin Laden was finally captured, the, the guy that 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 allegedly caused all those, you know, almost a decade of war right after nine eleven. Uh, nothing, no picture, no footage. We just have one lousy movie, right? Uh, zero midnight 30 or whatever it's called and you know the government's word that they did it and that they had to bury him at sea did the government actually kill bin laden or has he been dead for years by then well you know i, I remember, and mind you this is this is to your knowledge by the way i'm not trying to put you on the spot okay. you know and no, I, I apologize that, but. that is a, no that is a good question good question um uh and i believe i got the hang of this question now okay now now benazar bhutto who was who was assassinated, by the she way. Was killed, you know, yes. She was the right, right. She was assassinated, and, and, and inside, inside word is she was assassinated on the orders of, who else, who else? Dick Cheney. Of course. Okay. Dick Cheney ordered, ordered the inside assassination, mm-hmm. okay, of, of, of Benny Zarbuto. Well, she had come out with a, with a statement not too long before mm-hmm. that, she knew absolutely, positively that Bin Laden had expired from a from a. Uh, uh, it was a medical condition. Yeah, it was polynephritis or something like that. Yeah, it was okay. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Now, uh, very possible. Yes, no. But I, 
when I was in the field working, okay, I I ran into, and I think I mentioned this to your folks last time, is that is I ran into several uh, gem hunters, mm-hmm. okay, look, you know, look up, look for different, you know, raw jewels and so forth in Afghanistan, and and they were flabbergasted, mm-hmm. you know, they, you know, and, and their statement was was that Bin Laden could not move without a, having a two, about a two thousand person entourage everywhere he went. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a big, huge caravan everywhere he went. Right, right. And in a country that has very little carrying capacity, very few resources you know, to support a large group of people, like 2,000 people moving through it, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. the word gets out. Every, so everybody knew where Bin Laden was. And the joke was, everybody in all of Afghanistan, Waziristan, Pakistan, mm. <coughs> Pakistan <laughs> knew exactly right. where Bin Laden right. was. Okay, all the time. All right, mm-hmm. and of course, where was Bin Laden supposedly killed? Pakistan. Pakistan. Yeah. Okay. Right. Exactly. With and of course, he was there with the assistance and help of the ISI. Okay, the the Inter Services Intelligence Group of 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 Pakistan. So it's anybody's guess if if you know if the man whose brother was having breakfast with George H. W. Bush in the morning of 9/11, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. and and who was the major underwriter of George W. Bush's uh, oil uh, companies, yeah. such as they were Armbusta yeah. and all those, Harkin. Okay, uh, and was the, the the Bin Laden family was the only family allowed to fly out on their private planes on the morning of 9-11. Right. I couldn't even fly anywhere, okay? As an intelligence operative, I couldn't fly anywhere. Wow. But they got to fly out. So it's anybody's guess if, if they really got rid of rid of Bin Laden, okay? You know, boy, oh boy. You know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm inundated every day. With people wanting to know about 9/11 mm-hmm. because of my briefings that I, I had would imagine. on 9/11, right, 14 months before. So, so yeah, uh, so um, and and all said and done, all said and done, um, you know, with, you know, it's like when you get rid of these people, does it do any any good? Okay, mm-hmm. um, I mean, if you if you look at when we got rid of Saddam Hussein, did that bring any kind of peace? Uh, to to uh, Iraq? No, Mm-mm. the war ground on, the, the, our ground war ground on for another what seven, eight years, yeah. nine years? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, uh, with Bin Laden, Al Qaeda is three times more powerful than it ever was right now, right now as a result. Unbelievable. So, you know, I, right? Exactly. You know, I mean, so you know, so doing these doing these you know spectacular assassinations and 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 murdering heads of state that's what we did with Hussein by the way mm-hmm. we murdered we ran down and murdered a head of state so the next time we want to invade a country guess what the leaders are going to do they're going to take take the entire fight to an annihilation okay mm-hmm. you know instead of being instead of being you know being uh, 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 executed on the internet Okay, they are going to you know, uh, completely annihilate their country to save themselves. Yeah, and that was that was the example, and that's what I find wrong with those situations. Is it's like with Noriega? You know, we 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 invade Panama, 
and, you know, to get, you know, get their, get their leader and throw him in prison. We invade their country and throw their leader in prison. Okay. We invade Iraq and throw their leader into mm-hmm. prison and then execute him. <laughs> wow. you, know, you, you can see, you know, the basic inherent flaw in logic of all of this. So I don't know if I answered your question, you know, in a long-winded way, but no, 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 that's no. what I think about those issues. Yeah. No, I really, I really appreciate you, you, uh, your response to, uh, to, to my question. I thank you so much for for answering that. I really appreciate well, it. Well, well, let me let me say this, Frank. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Is is, mm-hmm. is we can as America right now, I'm absolutely sure, and I haven't gotten a, one single. Um, you know, um, what's the word? Protest against this concept, this this idea, and this concept uh, of of holding ourselves accountable. Okay, mm-hmm. very clearly, something happened in nine eleven. Very clearly, right. all right. It's not going away. It's not. You know, the, the, the question mark is not going away in nine eleven, and nor should it. Nor should it. It hasn't with Kennedy. Okay, the Kennedy assassination, nor should something as unbelievable and monstrous as 9-11, yeah. okay, uh, has, has it gone away. But here's what we could do right now. ISIS would wither, wither on the vine, okay? I mean, the Islamic world would calm down, okay, absolutely positively. The whole world would say, yes, we believe in democracy. We believe in you, America. And, it's, and it would be simply this. That we would arrest, arrest, okay, place, okay, place, place bracelets on the on the on the wrists of George W. Bush, arrest Dick Cheney, mm-hmm. and arrest Donald Rumsfeld, and frog march them right down to the local Hootsgal, all right, and turn them over for war crimes prosecution, all right. Right. I don't think there's anybody in listening that would say that 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 could say, oh, that wouldn't accomplish anything. That wouldn't set a, a standard for the world. Okay, all right. That to have the world's most powerful country hold itself accountable for for the monstrosities that have happened, monstrosities that have happened in its name in the last 12 years. All right. I'm sure there's nobody that would challenge that. And frog march those people down and hold them accountable. All right, I, you know, I, I would, I, I think it would be great, to, you know, to have, have where are they now photos of Dick Cheney making license plates. Okay, <laughs> I think that would be awesome. I think it'd be wonderful. And, and, and believe me, the heads of several states, and and by the way, uh, all, all those people that are, uh, all those nations that are subscribing, countries that are subscribing to uh, copper green, they would think long and hard about doing what they're doing with, with their with their political opponents. Uh, you know, sending them to black ops sites so they can be tortured and, mm-hmm. and, and covertly assassinated and murdered. Right? They wow. would think long and hard about that. Okay. And all these other countries you know, with these dubious uh, uh, government bodies running them, they would see America hold itself accountable, you know, and actually obey the standards of democracy. You know, you know, you know, my favorite quote from George Bush is. What you know, is it? Know, my favorite quote is okay. Is it, it, it's not you know, not Saddam Hussein tried to kill my daddy. No, <laughs> it's that he he was not going to 
but no, my, you know, and, and this says it all right here, okay, mm-hmm. is that he was, that George W. Bush was not going to be held accountable by a, quote, goddamn piece of paper. Wow. You know what the goddamn piece of paper was? What was it? It was the Constitution of the United States. Unbelievable. <laughs> it was the Constitution. Unbelievable. Yes. He wasn't going to be held accountable by a goddamn piece of paper, okay? Wow. You know, right there we should arrest him. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and, and the problems of the world would just gradually lose intensity and diminish, and everybody would say, yes, there's a beam of light in all of this, a sunlight coming through, mm-hmm. you know, in this dark, darkened storm that we're in now, all right? Oh, I mean, let's face it, the, the communist countries, when they saw us holding our, our, our people accountable, mm-hmm. they would definitely think about holding their own people accountable. Mm-hmm. Right. And... Absolutely. Am I correct in remembering that you were, oh, that you are a supporter of the existentialist train of thought? Because I remember you talking about um, Sartre, or or even just mentioning the sort of um, the train of thought that existentialists took, which is essentially about you know making decisions and holding yourself mm-hmm. responsible and accountable for them, and obviously. Um, Oh, a hundred right. years oh, ago, I'm people sorry, yes. spoke about, you know, um, <laughs> bad faith and making decisions and not taking yes. responsibility you for them. A, and you, have a, you have a wonderful memory. Okay, yes. Okay, I, I, really, I really was hoping I didn't remember that yes. wrongly. But yes, no. The, the, reason, the reason why I, 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 I started reading Jean-Paul Sartre mm-hmm. and, and trying to apply his, his, his philosophy to my life was this is years ago when I was I was going to a school you know it, it was an intelligence school mm-hmm. that I was attending in Massachusetts and we had one weekend off and so everybody decides to hop in hop in our cars and of course I had a British MGB okay mm-hmm. remember the MGs okay <laughs> they like, they ran between repair shops okay mm-hmm. and and so and we all hopped in and caravaned up to Quebec okay okay and 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 we were all thrilled about camping for the weekend and we got up there and just as we pulled in to the Jean-Paul Sartre campground the skies opened up and and with the most unbelievable deluge of rain you can imagine and so I took that as a as a deep meaning and message from mm-hmm. Jean-Paul Sartre to, you know that you know that I I was I intentionally put myself in that campground, yeah. and when we tried to put our tents up in the rain and got soaked to the skin, and finally we took the tents down and said, "Everybody, let's go home," and loaded them up. You know, two hours later, okay, mm-hmm. um, that and that yes, I put myself in that position, and I reminded myself of that when I was in Iraq, when all this was when I was being strapped to a stretcher and tortured yeah. uh, with, with with sodium ammonium. I said. I'm responsible for this. Mm-hmm. I put myself in this position, okay, and I only have myself to blame, okay. Yeah. So and, and yes, so I'd like to think I, you know, I. No, I, I honestly I admire apply, that. Apply that philosophy correctly. Yeah, no, I admire that, and I think that's why it's stuck mm-hmm. in my mind. I know you mentioned it just briefly, but mm-hmm. um, I feel that it can well, I, be applied to absolutely everything you said, and that the problem that we face in politics nowadays is that people are not doing what people like Sartre said, which is right. um, realizing that you are here or you are there 
because of the decisions you have made in life. And people always try to excuse things mm -hmm. rather than accept and work with it. And that's the sad thing because people never want to accept responsibility. That's the last thing yeah. they want to I do. I think we live in an age of scapegoat politics. It's so, always the other yeah. guy's fault. I, that's why I, I, it really stuck in my mind when you mentioned it. And it's the lack of that sort of philosophy that is really driving a lot of these by, by politicians the into ground. By the way, on, on the way back from the campground, the Jean-Paul Sartre campground, mm -hmm. my my MGB window wipers, you know, the washers, mm -hmm. window yeah. washers, uh, they they quit working. So we had to tie shoestrings onto the uh, wipers to get them to work, okay, yeah. because of the of the downpour. Okay? Wow. So, yeah. So it was it was a concerted effort working as a team. The two of us sitting in my MG to mm -hmm. pull on the right side. Okay, when we, when we want the wipers to go to the left, and then and, and then the other way to the right, <laughs> and drive the car at the same time. Okay, but That's I only had myself to blame. Okay, all right. So you know, so and we all had a good laugh out of that because we all went on to become intelligence operatives and go do things in the world. And, and but I'm sure everybody from that night remembers that we put ourselves in that position. Yeah. Absolutely. And so we, we only had ourselves to blame. So that it didn't work out to be a wonderful weekend, you know, in Quebec. But nevertheless, uh, you're, you're absolutely correct, Genevieve. So. Okay. Um, quick shout out to Mr. Uh, uh, Nate out there in Seattle who's listening to us in his car. Thank you so much for tuning in. He's been a fan of the show for a while, and I'm, I, I think most of the time he catches the uh, the show when we post it, but mm -hmm. tonight he's listening live, and I just want to send him a big hello and, uh, and a thank you for tuning in tonight. Greg, this has been an amazing show. Honestly, um, again, this is the kind of show that I have to go back and listen to again because um, you are such a, a wealth of information that you know just uh, uh, one listen <laughs> at least for me personally it's not enough um i know that people can can find you uh as i said earlier on um twitter at uh greg gregory i'm sorry gregory ford news and uh and you also have a a a blog uh gregory ford blog dot wordpress dot com uh for the people that maybe uh, tuning in, you know, maybe a little later, and they're wondering who uh, the you know uh, this gentleman is and and everything he knows. How can he know all this much? Uh, former U.S. military intelligence agent, Iraq prison abuse and Syrian chemical weapons whistleblower, Gregory Ford. Um, why don't you tell people about your book and where else can they find you? Okay, well, certainly find me on Facebook. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean. Wearing my Iraq paraphernalia, um, uh, but my book, like I said, it, 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 it's coming together. Mm -hmm. It's coming together, you know, in, in, in spectacular uh, bunches at a time, and then and then weeks will go by and nothing happens mm -hmm. because because of, of what happens from day to day events. Right. All these all these that are events like what happened this week, Frank, um, you know, with the CIA coming out yeah. and saying yes. Yes, there are weapons of mass destruction. And there are ours. And yes, we have been <laughs> buying, buying these weapons. And, mm. and there are weapons. And, and they expose thousands of our troops to right. neurotoxins. 
Okay. You know, that came out this week. And then the week before, I had the issue with the nuclear detonators uh, at the Alacoque facility, weapons facility, yeah. okay, and and how they how they were sent over. Who else by Dick Cheney, okay, mm-hmm. and Halliburton Logistics from Los Alamos on orders of George W. Bush. Those detonators were sent to Iraq, and so I have to put that into the book, okay, and I have to, you know, I have to lay out, you know, the, you know, and some of the stuff can be so damn boring that it makes a, a styrofoam cup look okay um uh it makes your teeth hurt it look it's so boring but i have to put that in the book so sometimes i, I make great strides towards getting this book on schedule and on time but and other times you know no i don't so so i'm shooting for january of of, of, of 2016 okay, awesome. to have this book out and I and I and I I'm being inundated with publishers. Everybody wants to to publish this thing. So so I must be saying something, you know, that's interesting. Okay, and 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 I, I the, the irony is is that between now and then, it looks like we are going to have a whole group of world-shaking events that are going to happen. World-shaking events, absolutely. Things that we've never seen before are going to happen within the next year. So. Uh, you know, right now I'm up to 500 pages in my book. Okay. Wow. Um, I, I I know it's, I didn't want it to be Madame Bovary, but, uh, (laughs) by Flaubert, but, but, uh, I think it's, I I think it's going to be pretty close. Okay. In terms of world events and what has happened. And, and like I said, you know, I'm, I'm the world's most average person being placed into a a situation that was rather unique and, and trying to make the best of it. It's so. unbelievable, and I think uh, m- myself and everybody and everybody else really is lucky that uh, uh, you call yourself average. I think you're you're quite um, uh, uh, an, above average, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, yeah, and that we're very fortunate that um, you you have the courage and the and the uh, willpower to you know talk about these things i i honestly i mean i can't imagine myself being in the same position how i would deal with um you know some of the some of some of the the a fraction of the things that that you have gone through and and lived through so um honestly uh, receive my you know sincerest thank yous for for what you do and what you're doing and honestly i can't wait for the book to come out i think that that, you know the people that have been lucky enough like ourselves and our listeners uh you know that have heard you speak and talk about all these things you know they should definitely pick up the book because i don't think there's anything dull about it or, or slow about it i think that it's a book that to me it sounds like it's being written on you know as with every day that goes by um so you know thank you so much greg for for being our guest tonight i i am once again humbled and and i appreciate you being so kind with your time i know we went over <laughs> like 30 minutes over <laughs> what well, is well, usually will, scheduled but um, you know, like I said, this is important information, and I, I, I think that the people that tune into this show and, and these type of shows and that listen to you and, and pay attention to what you say know that this is important information, and we just hope that, you know, we can turn more people onto it. So, again, thank well, you so much. I, I promise you know, the listeners that I, I will sign all 10 copies that sell, okay, of my book. Okay? <laughs> I'm sure it'll be so, I'm pretty no, sure it's way just more us. It's, it's just us for those 10 copies. <laughs> yeah, we'll need no. 10 copies just for <laughs> ourselves. Yeah. 
Um, one, one of the things I'd like to say on your show sometime, Frank, yes. I'd like to, you, you mentioned Fast and, Fast and Furious. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Right? Now, I, I would love to go into the Fast and Furious with your listeners you know, and explain what exactly happened, as far as I know, with Fast and Furious. And and, and if, if, if Californians think that nothing ever goes on except for maybe the Oscars and the Oscars in California, mm-hmm. okay, think again. <laughs> Okay, the Fast and Furious scandal is, hasn't, hasn't gone away, and in fact, it's actually just changed forms. Okay, it's alive and well, mm-hmm. and the taxpayer, that's, that's where I want to aim all of this, is to the taxpayer listener out there. Right. We're all citizens. We all have, we employ the government, okay? Mm-hmm. We employ the government. The government works for us. We don't work for the government. Right. The government right. works for us. I think we right, forget that. We forget that. To the citizenry. All mm-hmm. right. Yes, they do. Yes. And 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 since since we have the the leave no imbecile behind education program <laughs> that gets worse every day. Right? Right, so, right. Anyway, but please please have me back so we can go into yes, the absolutely. And and thank you for having me. Tonight. No problem. Thank you so much. Honestly, it's my honor and my pleasure to uh, to to have you on on our show and talk about all these things. And without a doubt, we will have you back on to talk about Fast and the Furious because believe me, I I remember the news came out and all that. You know, I kind of keep you know my my eyes and ears a bit to you know my ear to the ground, as they say, with some of the stuff that happens down you know with our neighbors down south and when those news came out i was like wow unbelievable that this is happening um but yes uh i i would love to have you back on and, and discuss that further because i'm sure you have some interesting insights as to how that whole thing went down and what's happening you know i can't thank you enough for for tonight and last week and for anybody that missed last week's show or any part of this show um Check our website, WOTRradio.com, in the next day or two. You will see a full post with last week's show and this week's show with uh, Greg Ford. And believe me, this is honestly um, grab a uh, pen, and pen, <laughs> pen and paper because this is literally a, a, a history slash, you know, politics lesson in, in two shows. So, Greg, thank you so much for for being our guest tonight. We will definitely be in touch, and we'll set up a date for the uh, uh, a show where we'll, we'll discuss this whole Fast and the Furious business. Because believe uh, believe me, I, at least I know that it's quite a, a very very dark road <laughs> to explain Fast and the Furious. So I want to thank you so much for your generosity with your time. Thank you. Well. Like, like I say, thank you so so much for having me. All right. So anyway, I I, I will leave you for your wonderful show, and 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 I'm looking forward to fast and furiousing it. Okay, next time for your mm-hmm. listeners. Absolutely, right, so. absolutely. Thank you so much, Greg. Thank you so much, Greg. Enjoy the the rest of your night, and and we will be speaking soon. Thank you, the both of you. Good night. Bye. Now. Thanks, Good night. Greg. Bye. Wow, Genevieve. Why don't you give me some something here while I set up for her. I don't think I can add any more to that, really. <laughs> it's pretty intense. I mean, it's really intense. Like, yeah, I'm sitting I mean, here I'm, sweating, I'm and I'm processing, honestly, and I'm thinking, and I'm... Both of us, and certainly myself, I'm, like, you know, I'm, I'm as much as a listener as anyone else listening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, at most we're prompting a few points, but we are just 
here absorbing the information and I really enjoy his his delivery and his his thoughts behind everything he says and I mean for for a brief moment I was honestly worried that I had gotten the um kind of Sartre thing wrong because I, I, right. I thought I remembered it and I was like oh <laughs> no, you remember gosh right. I, maybe I remembered it wrongly but you know that that's one of the few <clears> things I'd remember because I I studied it and it's you know I study politics as well and it's very deep for me because yeah. it does address the very heart of the way people think nowadays which is mm-hmm avoiding responsibility avoiding the fact that something may be your own fault yeah and i mean that from a from an international down to a national down to a personal level that is how we're brought up it's always it's not my fault or it's because of this this and that mm-hmm. and that's how humans work i mean in yeah. general not just nowadays and um i think it's a it's a great step when people are able to realize that, yep, this is my doing and yep. I will sort it out. Not, it's not my fault, it's yeah, it's for you to sort out. Yeah. Anyway. A yeah. little funny sad story as we wrap up. Um, the way I was introduced to John Paul Sartre was uh, my brother bought me this uh, illustrated, it was like a little book, like a comic book with like pictures, and it was called Sartre's for idiots. <laughs> oh, I know in England so we have these, that lets you these know books how I, called uh, something for dummies. But, you know, honestly, in that book it explained very, you know, in a very matter-of-fact way, you know, what existentialism was and all this and about his life. And I was like, holy cow, like, that is some really fascinating stuff. So, yeah, um, check it out. I think it's called Sartre's for Idiots, not Dummies. It's not in the Dummies uh, series of books. It, it was for idiots, and it was like a comic book. <laughs> oh, nothing I wonder to what do my brother dummies. was trying to tell me. <laughs> Anywho, huge, huge thanks to Greth for definitely check out his um, uh, his Facebook and follow him on Twitter at Gregory Four News. I want to thank everybody that tuned in tonight. We really appreciate it. As always, we do this for you guys. You know, you're you're. Uh, you're the, the the main part of this show that makes it possible. So we want to thank you guys for tuning in. As always, um, we're going to definitely have Greg back, talk about Fast and the Furious in the, in the near future. Um, and, yeah, I mean, if you like I said, if you missed last week's show, any part of this week's show, uh, look for a post in the next uh, day or two with both shows in which Greg is featured talking about all this stuff uh, mm-hmm. for your convenience and definitely spread the word. This is some really, really important stuff, in my opinion. Uh, that being said, I'm going to go out with one track here. That Today we went, you know, we did some music shopping, right? We, quite we, a bit. Quite, quite a bit. bit, quite a bit. We, music we love our music. <laughs> Speaking of music, check out the NAM uh, post on our website, WTRradio.com, uh, by our very own Genevieve. Um, did you just pronounce my name wrong? I'm partaking in this adult beverage, this apple juice. I blame it for that. But um, check it out. A ton of cool pictures and some good humor thrown in the mix uh, to make it entertaining. Because here at WOTR, 
Southwest of the Rockies. We're also about the music. Uh, but yeah, definitely check out the website uh, in the next couple of days. We should have both shows posted. And uh, again, thank you to Nate, who's listening in his car. Thank you to all the people in the chat room. Tony, Tattoo Guy, Jenna, Leslie, who had to go to sleep. because I know, that's It was so super sad. late. <laughs> But uh, we'll have all this stuff on the uh, on our post and here in the next. And thank you for the questions. Honestly, yeah, and thanks. They help honestly, a lot. yeah, definitely keep in touch with uh, with Greg if you you know if you want him back, let us know. We're definitely gonna work on getting him back. And uh, tune in next week. Take care. Be safe. God bless. Don't do anything too crazy. Bye, guys. We're gonna see you back. This is one of the CDs I got this week because I love this song. Enjoy. My West of the Rockies next week. What? <laughs> My son's next week. Yeah, there you go. And don't uh, forget to tune in on Thursdays. Thursday, no artist flavors. 9 p.m. Yep. Send your request. Any your request. Honestly, any. Anything. I, I will I will 97% of the time play it. Yeah. If it's a Pornhub video, she'll play it. I will be more likely to play it at yeah. that stage. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, take care, guys. Enjoy Bye. this. Bye-bye. Independent FM. New York, London, Philadelphia, Japan, Chicago, Paris, San Francisco, Tijuana, Los Angeles, California. The Independent FM, Indie Radio, live from Swing House Studios in Hollywood. This is the all-new Independent FM.